Welcome once again to Season Ticket Showcase. It's your buddy Gavin. Episode 4, coming up next, we're doing the LA Chargers, formerly known as the San Diego Chargers of the NFL, with longtime season ticket holder Gary King. Gary's first time joining the pod. Also, going to get this intro done very quickly today because it is garbage day outside the studio, and the garbage truck's already made one lap around the block. They appear to be coming back around. So theme song is coming up, but we're talking L.A. Chargers with Gary King, and we're going to hear the highs and the lows, the good, the bad, and the ugly, where to go if you're visiting L.A., or if you want to just learn more about the L.A. Chargers and their history all over Southern California, both in San Diego and in L.A., then you came to the right place. Highs and lows, wins and losses, it's been unbelievable. Bringing me joy and bringing me pain. They've taken years off my life. That's the deal we made. You're bringing me joy, you're bringing me pain, yeah, yeah. But every time I give up on them, they pull me back in. All right, folks, as promised, Gary King joins us from the West Coast. We're going to talk L.A. Chargers. I got L.A. Chargers right. I still want to say San Diego sometimes, Gary. Uh, do you find yourself having to catch yourself still? Nah, not me. I was able to make the transition to L.A. fairly quickly and easily. Yeah. But I can't, I can't hate on anybody who still says San Diego just because, you know, and this is a little self-deprecating on my part, but I know the team still belongs to San Diego. Fair. They physically be in L.A., but that's still San Diego's team. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of research before we got on, and 56 years in San Diego. Like you said, San Diego's team. All right, so I'm going to start you off. Before we get into your journey as a Chargers fan, as a guy from L.A., let's just give people what they want, some red meat off the bat. Which fan base do Chargers fans outside of the L.A. area dislike the most? It's the Raiders by far. Yeah. Um, that doesn't matter if they're in Vegas or Oakland or Mexico City, San Antonio, wherever the team <laughs> of Nomads is going to end up being. They will always be the number one rival. Absolutely. And I, I remember that. So for those listening, Gary was kind enough to take myself and Jeremy Johnson, friend of the pod, to SoFi Stadium to watch the Patriots play his Chargers last fall. And I asked Gary, you know, and he's like, it's definitely the Raiders. So I had to start there. Yeah, it's but, not even close. I, like the, the, level, the level of vitriol and the level of violence between the two fan bases, it, like it, there is no other feud like it, I would say, in California sports, except for maybe Dodgers and Giants. Mm, yeah, that's a big one, too. A lot of animosity there as well, for sure. But that's pretty cool to own the football one. You know what I mean? Like, that's – because that beef is real. Um, so you're you're from L.A., right? I mean, and so you, mm-hmm. you grew up rooting for the then San Diego Chargers. So how did that come to be, and when did you become a season ticket holder of the franchise? I, so part of it was a troll job. Part of it was just natural gravitation. So my brother has been a Raider fan since we were kids. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like older brother at that. So you know how that goes. Like yes. you can just never like the same thing. Yes. You can never root for the same team. So my attraction to the Chargers was kind of born out of that. But at the same time, 
you know, growing up playing football, I always loved to hit, and I was a defensive dude. And this was like during the during the era of Junior Seau mm-hmm. when when he was at his best, and it was just really like that, you know, that that ninety four ninety five team that went to the Super Bowl, yeah. where it just kind of all fell into place. I mean, my uncle lived in San Diego when we were growing up anyway. So I always had like a connection to the city. And even though it never manifested in any sort of way for the Padres or San Diego State or anything like that, I always did like the Chargers. And I think it was partially because they were the rival of the Raiders. Yeah. And so everything just kind of, everything just kind of fell into place as I got older and more mature and was like, no, 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 I'm really, I'm planting my flag with the Chargers. This is who I'm rooting for, for better or worse, ride or die. Love it. And so when did you get, when did you take the plunge in the season tickets? When they moved to LA. Oh, okay. So you, so you, and that makes sense, by the way, because obviously San Diego is a good ride from LA uh, to, to do, to do, to do eight Sundays a year, you know? So, so. Yeah, like I had been down to Qualicom a couple times in my adult life to see them in person, but when they moved up to Carson. Yes. Before they moved into the nice new Englewood Arena and they were playing the soccer stadium in Carson. You know, that was the first first time we got season tickets just because, like, you know, they, they were saying that, you know, the only way to guarantee you could be on the, the list for the Inglewood Stadium was if you bought tickets while the team was in Carson. Obviously, uh, you know, season ticket sales for the Chargers did not take off the way they had anticipated. Go figure. Especially, in, especially in Carson. <laughs> Right, we probably could have gotten tickets for Inglewood regardless of whether or not we had like got in into the rotation. You know, for for me it was just the Chargers are here now. I like they're physically close enough to where I can do this eight Saturdays a year plus two preseason yes. without it being a big deal. So let's go. Absolutely, and and the cool thing about them being in Inglewood is it, it's a long walk, but it's it's a walk you can walk from your house to SoFi. Which seeing that traffic. Wow, that's a big advantage for you over over Carson or certainly San Diego to be able to walk home from a, from a Chargers game. Hundred percent. I mean, I think it was what like a 35, 40 minute walk. No yeah, problem. We, were, we weren't speed walking or anything. We were going at a decent pace. But yeah, that like just trying to get in and out of that stadium. You know, they just haven't figured out logistically. Uh, you know, like bad LA stereotype, but I'm bum. But they just haven't figured out traffic flow and how to move people in and out of there efficiently yet. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so what was it like at Carson? Was it really as bad as they would say on TV where we all Chiefs fans and like, you know, 5,000 Chargers fans and 25,000 Chiefs fans that those years in, in Carson or no? It was, it was bad. Okay. It was, like, I, I can't even lie. I can't even front. Like, some teams just travel. Some teams just travel well. Sure. Like, I think, Especially you know, in L.A. Exactly, like you see it in every stadium. But yeah, when it was when they were playing in, you know, I, I think the 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 Carson Stadium only held like fifteen thousand people or something like that. So it was already a limited capacity. And Charger tickets, I'm not gonna lie, like they were more expensive per seat in Carson than they are in Inglewood. Um, just because I think the team took the wrong gamble of like scarcity of tickets, meaning they could charge a premium. Right. And so I just think a lot of Charger fans were priced out and didn't want to come. And fans of everybody else, because LA is such a transplant city, saw it as an opportunity just to see their team. So they didn't mind splurging once a year. Right. Makes sense. But I will say this, SoFi, 
beautiful, beautiful place to watch a game. And it's big enough where even if all those Chiefs or Patriots or Steelers fans show up, Chargers fans seem to be back in full force. I mean, that was a good, good, solid Chargers crowd that I witnessed. You mentioned this right before we, we, we press record, but your team moves to your city, moves to Inglewood, where you're from, where you live, and the, and the Rams obviously moved there too. So take me through the Rams going on a, a, an unfortunate run, probably through your eyes this year, with SoFi opening up and all that. It definitely hurts. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's, to have the team get this close, to, to have the team have started so well, because if you remember, at the end of September, the Chargers were one of the hottest teams in football. Yeah. And to have it all end not only with the team failing to make the playoffs, but then watching the Rams go on to win the Super Bowl. It's a punch in the gut. Just because, oh. I like you mentioned, we had a healthy a healthy showing for the Patriots games, and I think Charger fans have been doing a great job of representing it so far, so far. But, like, all of those people who were on the fence, all of the bandwagoners, now they're all Rams fans just because they got to the mountaintop first. Sure, sure. You know, it will be sweet, though. I was, again, going through some stuff, and I remember that Super Bowl you were talking about earlier when they played the 49ers, and obviously that was a, you know, it was a, it was a tough, tough night, I'm sure, in terms of playing for it all. But I didn't realize that was the one time since the merger that the Chargers were in the Super Bowl. So uh, assuming that they do, how sweet, how sweet is that promise of, like, feeling their first Super Bowl? I know they won AFL titles back in the day, but, like, in our lifetime, that first title, how how sweet do you imagine that to be? It's gonna be incredible. I like I Charger fans, and they have been waiting for this their entire lives. Like yeah. you have you have people who who have grown up rooting for the Chargers. They've lived, they've died, they've passed the, the appreciation of the team on down to the next generation who still haven't seen the team win a damn thing. <laughs> and so when that day finally comes, like not, you know, it's not it's not gonna be the same as like when the Red Sox or the Cubs won in baseball, because we don't have that hundred years of history, or at least I hope we won't have a hundred years. Correct, correct. I hope so too for you. I hope so for you. Yeah. But when the when the day comes, like every you know, everyone likes to joke about the Chargers not having a fan base, but Southern California is going to be on fire. Yeah, there will be people out celebrating from LA to San Diego and everywhere in between. No question. Yeah, and that's it's exciting that you got a guy like Herbert as your quarterback too, right? I mean, that's that's got to feel again. It doesn't guarantee a championship, but you know you've got a guy that has the skill set, and you know. You know, you've got some good pieces around him, and if you've got a quarterback who's who's got that level of skill, you got a shot. So you got to feel pretty good about that, I'd imagine. No, it's not. It's nice to be able to have optimism. Like yes. that was that was a great thing about like the Philip Rivers era. Is Philip Rivers was good enough to keep you optimistic, good enough to keep you invested, even even when the team had no business competing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we got in Justin Herbert, as we've seen the last two years, like through miserable offensive line play, through a defense that couldn't stop the Houston Texans last year. Like, so long as you got Herbert on the field, you got a shot. Yeah. You mentioned Philip Rivers. Obviously, you had some great teams during his era, some exciting teams. Give me a game. I know it's probably a bunch because we all feel that way unless we win the whole thing. But is there a game that Chargers fans look at as like the game that got away in your time as a fan? Oh, it, I mean, it's it's the divisional round game against the Patriots team 
where we where we had the fourteen and two record. It mm. was the Marty Schotten, the Marty Schottenheimer team. We got the interception. We got the turnover. We fumbled it. We still had a chance with Nate Kading, you know, who was automatic That's that right. season. That's right. And yeah, you know, like that. That is one hundred percent the one that got away. Just because the Chargers haven't been that good since, and it, yeah, like everything just felt like it was time. Mm-hmm. But that yeah, like we just unfortunately like played one of our worst games of the season against a dynasty in the making and a quarterback and a coach who like. They just don't make those same mistakes. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And it's, you had to bring it. You were playing the one team that you probably, yeah, you couldn't afford to not have not have an A game, you know, because um, they'll find a way if you give them any life. But but so let's talk about L.A. is an interesting spot like New York where there are m- matching teams in several sports. Like we already talked about the Rams. Obviously, there's, there's the Clippers. I know you're a Clippers fan. There's obviously the Lake, the Lake Show, Dodgers, Angels, et cetera, Mighty Ducks, Kings. Two soccer teams, heck. So, are there are there teams in LA that uh, Chargers fans are have re- respect for, and are there teams in LA that Chargers fans are, have? You know, again, you're not, I know you're speaking for everybody, which is impossible, but have disrespect for or have beef with. Well, I, th- I like. I think the way you kind of have to look at it is like the portion of Charger fans that are from L.A. Yeah. are also Dodger fans, are also Laker fans, are also King fans. Mm -hmm. The Charger fan base, I think, again, because of the San Diego thing, they pull from Southern California a lot. Like, when you go to those games, when you talk to the people around you, like, oh, they came up from Orange County. They came in from Riverside or somewhere in the IE. Mm-hmm. Some of them come, still come up from San Diego loyally. You know what I mean? So, I like, I, I think the L.A. Charger fans who are, like, residents here um, automatically buy into the Dodgers and the Lakers 100%. Got it. And would you say the same probably for LA-based Rams fans? Probably same deal? Same deal, 100%. Yeah, that's what I would figure. Got yeah. it. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll eventually get to the Clippers, and I'd be interested to hear the Clippers takes too another day. But, like, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, LA and New York especially, but a couple other cities, Bay Area a little bit, less now, than not, not, now that uh, the Raiders left. But let me ask you this. On the... Celebrity fan spectrum. Are there, are there celebrity Chargers fans that you guys are either especially proud to have as part of the family? And are there any that you're particularly embarrassed by? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that the Chargers have that, like, real A-list celebrity that identifies that we hang our hat on. Mm-hmm. Like, at, at different points, you know, Snoop Dogg is the ultimate bandwagon fan. <laughs> so, at different yeah. points, Snoop Dogg has, like, come in and out of, like, Charger fandom and been at SoFi and Charger Colors. But I would say the one dude who I have seen, like, publicly put on for the team going all the way back to San Diego long before they ever came up here is Mario Lopez. Okay. Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Saved by the Bell, no doubt. A.C. Slater, okay. Yeah, I don't don't know if he is, like, the king of all celebrity Charger fans, but 
if he's not, then he's in the royal court. There you go. We'll tell you what, that, that wasn't an answer I was expecting, so I'm already glad I asked the question. You know, that's good stuff. Let's talk about, you mentioned Marty Schottenheimer earlier. So you got former coaches, former players, owners, could even be current anybody too, but other players or coaches or owners that are particularly disliked or reviled by the Chargers fan base? <laughs> I would say this could be a, like, 1A, 1B, 1C type of answer. Mm, go for um, it. But the current owner, Dean Spanos, I think is like, because of the way it all ended in San Diego, because of the second-class citizen status here in L.A., Dean Spanos is pretty much hated by, yeah. by Charger fandom. Like, he is the owner of the team, but I don't know anybody out there who would, like, rank him as a great owner or say that they're glad that Spanos is in control of the organization. <laughs> um, my 1B, I would say, you know, like, I, I probably flip-flop on this a little bit, but for me, 1B would be A.J. Smith, who was the general manager who, on the one hand, credit to him because he did help build that 14-2 and two team. Yep. But then he fired Schottenheimer and turned that 14-2 and two team over to North Turner, who was abjectly one of the worst coaches, head coaches yes. in NFL history. And you really got to see that team go from the high and genuine belief of 14 and two to very quickly, like, we're stuck with Norv. This is backsliding. And the personnel is just getting worse. Mm -hmm. You know, not to mention Norv was responsible for ultimately running off the Damian Tomlinson. Not a great look. <laughs> like, not great at all. Exactly. Uh, so you can, you can rank them like, 1B, 1C, or you can take AJ and Norv as a tandem mm. and just rank them 1B. But I would say, like, the three most figures in charge, three most hated figures in Charger fandom got to be those three. Got it. Yeah, and the thing about Marty is it's so funny. Marty was a great coach everywhere he went. He had bad postseason luck, which is a real thing, but it didn't make him a bad coach. Norv was a a successful coordinator that got what he got at least two, if not three, chances to run his own show. And it never worked out. And he then started becoming one of those like retread coordinators who doesn't even work out for him in the coordinator role anymore. So he's one of those guys who, yeah, he, he never got over the hump as a head coach. And that's unfortunate that that was the move that Smith made, which I can see why they'd be 1B, 1C tandem, no question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no like any, anytime you think back on that era, yep. like there's just nothing but disappointment because you know the talent was there. The team should have been better than they were. They should have been more competitive than, than they were. And, you know, Marty might have had bad postseason luck, but the man knew how to navigate a regular season. Absolutely, and that gives you, a, you know, if you go to the dance every year, you have more cracks at winning games in the dance, right? And if you don't, you know, and Marty could win regular season games with the Jets, with the Chiefs, I think he had good seasons, right? So let me ask you this. So let's flip it to irrational love for especially for, like, a role players. So obviously, football is a team sport. Uh, superstars obviously get the most love, but there's so many guys literally in the trenches, week in, week out, whether it's a skill position player or not. Is there a fan or a couple uh, – sorry, a player or a couple players that come to mind in terms of unsung heroes that are irrationally loved by the Chargers fan base? 
Well, the crazy thing is I, I wouldn't call him a role player by any means, but Austin Eckler has mm. a very passionate online or at least like Twitter fan base that will defend him every single day, like every day on my timeline he's some version of like austin eckler has been disrespected by this pundit yep. or this website and we're going to war because nobody disrespects austin eckler like literally yesterday i saw his name trending <laughs> and uh just because you know he wasn't ranked in this top 10 running back list and i think it might have been pro football focus or somebody like that and charger fans were pissed charger fans were heated like austin eckler is a beloved dude Yes, and he hasn't even been here that long, which is like what's wild about it. But he, like, I, you know, I think it's part because of his story being the undrafted free agent um, from a small school. But like, he, he is somebody that the fan base will stand up for online yeah. seven days a week. Well, he he is definitely a textbook, like you said, undrafted small school guy. Even if that guy blows up, I mean, with the exception of like a Jerry Rice type, where he's an all, literally an all-time great, that's the exact kind of guy you're talking about, though, right? Like, irrationally love the guy because of everything he he stands for. And to your point, he's a major contributor to the offense. So that makes total sense to me. All right, I love this question for a Chargers fan because you guys have crushed it, in my opinion, in uniforms for decades. Is there a uniform combo that you feel like is the, the, the quintessential Chargers union? I love the sky blue. Yeah. I think the, I think the sky blue jersey with the yellow pants yes. is hard to beat. And the white helmet, uh, right? Yep. Yeah, that's a hot look, man. Like, it's hard to pull that off, and they totally crush that look as a neutral, as a neutral observer. I, 100%, but I'm also partial to it. I think it's just because, like, when I start replaying the, the highlights in my head, the the dark blue navy bluish jersey with the white pants that LT rocked. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I think a lot of that is just like memory association with Ladanian Tomlinson. But that, like that, to me was a killer look every time too. Oh, no question, no question. I mean, they found a way to make a lightning bolt look badass, despite being on the helmet and the shoulders or, or sleeves and the pants. In that, in that motif especially, and hats off to him. I can remember actually Natrone Means, like I think he was, you know, like what, early 90s? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mid-90s, he was, he was the running back on that Super Bowl team. That's right, and I can remember them coming into Foxborough, and, and I forget if they were wearing the blues at home or maybe the game was at Qualcomm, but I just remember as a whatever, probably 13-year-old being like, those uniforms are kind of cool. Again, there are teams throughout history that, hardly ever get uniforms right and then there are teams that kind of get it right all the time and the Chargers have had good looks like I gotta give I gotta give a lot of credit there so I'm actually glad you picked that throwback look though that's kind of like their third or fourth look now though as the uh like you said the powder blues the yellow pants those are cool those are really cool yeah Um, the Chargers don't get a lot right but they got the uniform yeah I mean think about the Denver Broncos like their original uniforms were brown and yellow with vertical striped socks like Chargers came out of the gates, I believe, with the powder blues. So that's you already got something on the Broncos there. Um, yep. The the team, whether it's walkout songs, anthems, songs that make you guys all think think of the Chargers, or you know, post game victory songs, whatever it is. Any like team anthems that come to mind? It's always the uh, the disco San Diego Super Chargers. Oh yeah, great song. 
that I, there is nothing else that I would say, no other song that is as identifiable with the team. And I know they don't like to play it up here at SoFi just because, you know, San Diego's in the lyrics. But still, to me, that's, that's always going to be the team anthem. And it's such a jam. And I mean, there are so many bad team anthems out there, whether it's, well, I wouldn't call Super Bowl Shuffle by the Bears an anthem, but like that ain't a good song, but it was funny at the time. But San Diego Supercharger's disco vibe actually is cool all the time. So I'm with you. Let's talk like broadcasters. So obviously NFL games, televised wise, are all, you know, with national networks. But are there radio broadcasters that y'all are especially fond of or, or don't like over the years as well? I mean, I the current guy, Matt Money Smith, I think does a really solid job. Okay. Um, and then, you know, we've had Nick Hardwick on color, who, you know, he used to play for the team, his Philip Rivers Center for years. So they actually do a pretty solid job. Like when I was when I was a kid though, the guy was Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and he was like, you know, local San Diego sports radio icon. Um, scratchy voice, really distinctive, whatever you would say is like the stereotypical, prototypical, like sports radio voice. Like yeah. he was that, he was that dude. Mm. Um, so I always associate the team, like when I think about radio, when I think about Chargers play by play, I always refer to Hacksaw in my mind. Like that's who I go back to. Great nickname, by the way. I mean, yes. anytime you got Hacksaw as a nickname, you're probably doing something right. Yes, 100%. I think he still lives on through the through the Jim Rome podcast. Like, he'll reference him every now and then. Really? Again. Okay, that's cool. All right, let's get to this one. This might be might have been hard for you, might have been easy for you. If you had to do a team, the, the top four Chargers of all time, the, the de facto Mount Rushmore of the Chargers for you, uh, and or for the fan base, however you broke it down, who do, you, who do you got up there in that top four? I, this actually was tough because I'm going to leave out the guy who probably was most identifiable with the organization mm. for its first 30 years in existence. But Dan Fouts is not on my Mount Rushmore. Okay. So this will be interesting to see who made it. I, Fouts, he did not make it. But that's because I opted to go with Kellen Winslow. Oof, from the same era, yeah. From the same era, just because the, you know, the iconic photo of him from the Dolphins game, I just think is sort of like so much of Chargers history and identity is wrapped up in that one photo. Like the man nearly killed himself, leaving it all out there on the field, and they came up short. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for me, my Mount Rushmore starts with Kellen Winslow. Then obviously you have to have Junior say, I may rest in peace, yeah. the legend. And then I'm, I'm going to go modern, but also part of the reason why Fauci isn't on my list is because I didn't want to do two quarterbacks. And you got to have Philip Rivers on there. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And to, to me, LaDainian Tomlinson is the greatest player in franchise history. Yeah, he's an, he's an all-timer. I mean, just thinking back to fantasy football, mm-hmm. back in his prime, you know, it was who's going second because he's going first and everybody's lead. Honestly, a transcendent pass catcher, if I remember, as well as an unbelievable kind of in-between-the-tackles runner and clearly an electrifying runner. I mean, he just had the whole darn package. He's a great selection. He was, ex- 
Yeah, he was explosive. He caught 100 passes one season. You can't question the man's hands. Like, he, he was the ultimate three-down back. And I think it's underrated historically because of the lack of playoff highlights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he is he your your favorite charger? Who's your favorite charger? It's LT, but say I was a close second. Another guy who just left it on the field every night, every weekend. So, um, Chargers have a lot of really good. I mean, even Philip Rivers. I mean, all these guys are like all time guys that were up against other all time guys, right? Like Rivers was so good. Same conference as Brady and Manning, but mm-hmm. but Rivers unquestionably kept the Chargers in the hunt for a decade and a half too. You know, like it's. He was all pro. If he was in the NFC, he probably would have gotten to a couple Super Bowls. Um, no, hundred percent. I like there. There's a reason Charger. You'll never hear Charger fans complain about uh, we traded Eli and ended up with Philip Rivers because Rivers was hands down a better quarterback. Eli might have gotten the Super Bowls. Yep. Because he he caught two hot streaks in his career, but overall, like. A dummy can look at those two and see which one was the better quarterback. Oh, take, pers- oh, take personal bias out. Of it. A million Those percent. Guys. Definitely did not benefit from, you know, maybe some of that luck that Eli caught twice, you know, in a five year period or whatever it was. All right. Yeah, Philip Rivers becomes sort of like, you know, a, a Charles Barkley esque mm. figure in which, like, he was clearly, I think, the third best quarterback of his era. Yep. It's just he played in an era with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Yes, exactly. So a couple more to get you out. A couple of years more before we get you out of here. Um, number one, and you've been at two different stadiums since getting these season tickets, obviously. But what have the Chargers been able to do from a, a season ticket kind of gifts or swag or gear or giveaway type thing that you you thought was either good or maybe maybe missed the mark? In fact, either way is fine. Honestly, it's been a little bit underwhelming. Okay. The first, the first year they were up here, um, they did replica Philip Rivers jerseys for every season ticket holder, which was cool. It was a nice gesture. It was, it was a way to make sure that like everybody who came to the game had a piece of Charger gear that they could wear. <laughs> right. Um, so it actually wasn't like bad strategically, but overall, I, yeah, like they they don't do a whole lot like building up. I think I think the Chargers put less into like season ticket swag than they do trying to create great fan experiences for when they do like fan day, mm. you know, which, which they usually do like towards the end of training camp, which they did, you know, last year um, was their first time doing it in SoFi. And it, you know, like it was, you got to watch, you got to watch a full contact practice. Um, but you know, there was a concert and just all of these, you know, in in arena performances and just all of these little things to create like a really dope fan mm. experience, and I got a chance to take my daughter, and yeah, you know, like it was it was great for her. She had a blast. Like I'm I'm actually looking forward to when they do it again this summer cool. or you know next next month is because you know training camps right around. Yeah, the we're coming up on it for sure. Let's get people out and have a good time because it's about the entertainment, and you're obviously in an area where you can get people to show up and perform and everything else too. That's cool, actually. I like that. And, yeah. and honestly, they they put together. I don't know if you've made it over to a Rams game or not, but like the show that they put on, the sensory overload that they put on inside of SoFi with the DJ and the music and everything, like 
It's awesome. Gary, they put on a show, man. And and so I do I definitely tip my cap to like if they're trying to engage neutrals or like away fans, maybe come back and and come to one or two Chargers games a year instead of maybe one every two or three years to see their team. They're pulling on all the stops experientially, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, they're great with the in arena stuff, but like, you know, slightly imperfect comparison, but the Clippers by example, mm-hmm. like nearly every game there is a different shirt or bobblehead or some sort of you know tchotchke that like you know you get to take home as part of the clipper experience for going to the game season ticket holder or not but i feel like that's where the chargers are a little bit lacking like if you want if you want people representing the chargers once they leave the stadium you got to give away free shit, and the Chargers just don't give away a lot of free. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. But I agree. I mean, that's what, like you said, it's it's something about the human the human psyche that just loves a free T-shirt. People <laughs> will jump off the third deck to catch a T-shirt gunshot in the air to say they got a free T-shirt at the game, right? And so, but then they'll wear the hell out of that T-shirt at the gym, at the beach, wherever the supermarket until it has holes in it. So you're right. People like free stuff. All right, last question. Any epic, weird, or just off-key incidents at, at a Chargers game that you're either aware of or saw yourself? Could be fights, streakers, you know, balloons dropping at the same time like the 76ers when they, they tie a game instead of won it. Roof leaks, whatever. Not, maybe not roof leaks at most of the Chargers games, but anything like that that you can remember personally being either weird or epic or anywhere in between? No, I mean, I, like I've seen, I've seen my fair share of fights between Qualcomm and then Carson, and now SoFi. Mm-hmm. But the weird, like the weirdest thing I was probably in the arena to experience was the Monday night game against the Raiders last year when the game was delayed for twenty minutes because of lightning. Now you've been there, you know that stadium well. It's like the field and the stadium is covered with like. You know, the plexiglass ceiling. So, like, why are we stopping the game for lightning? Right. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. But, it's like an indoor, yeah. Yeah, like it's an open-air covered stadium, so I don't understand, like, why lightning would cause a delay in the game. But it was a great opportunity for, like, Chargers and Raiders fans just to, like, get loaded before kickoff because it was a Monday night game. Yes, that's yeah, and and the last thing that the security folks probably needed was those two fan bases having an extra twenty five minutes to get liquored up. But I'm sure it made for a hell of an environment. Oh, it was it was insane. When I tried to buy beers in the second quarter, the beer vendor said, "We are we've already sold out of Coronas. We only have Budweiser left." And oh, by the way, we're cutting off alcohol sales at halftime. <laughs> so if you're buying, buy now. Yeah, I mean, at least they shoot you straight. You know, it was a meandering road, but it's a hell of a place to play home football games. So. Yeah, I, I just, I just wish that it felt like the Chargers' home and not like, you know, we're we're crashing on our friend's couch. Mm, yeah, a little bit of a yeah. I hear that. Anything that we didn't cover that you that you happened to write down or wanted to share tonight or we covered most of it? I think we covered most of it. The only other thing I would say that just sticks out is like an iconic Charger moment that doesn't get enough credit is Phillip Rivers playing on a torn ACL. Mm, 100%. We ended up losing that game 
you know, to, to your Patriots, but, you know, in, in an era in which like across all sports, I'm not just going to pick on basketball because we see it across all sports where guys will refuse to suit up with even the slightest ailment. We watched a dude go out there on a torn ACL wearing a giant leg brace. Yep. And keep the game close. Yes, he did. It's not like he went out there on a torn ACL, played like garbage, and the team lost by four touchdowns. That was a genuinely competitive game, and he played well. And, you know, part of the tough luck of the whole Philip Rivers era in his entire career is like, it wasn't enough, but it wasn't his fault. And I think if you talk to most Chargers fans, like, that, that might that might be the moment where like we didn't get a win but damn it was great to see him represent like that yeah you know you think about other guys not to throw jay cutler under the bus but you know you have guys who won't even go back into playoff games and i'm not questioning if they're hurt or not but you know philip rivers finds a way to give his team a chance to win despite not being physically fit that's a football player right and so you respect that regardless of the outcome and obviously he put in his time there regardless but big time yeah it's a great memory i'm glad you i'm glad you remembered that one because i did not ask that question but yeah that's a good one and again he you know let me ask you this before we go do you think he would be a great broadcaster if he ever chose to do it i think he would yeah i think think he would i think he would kill it in the play-by-play booth or if you dropped him in one of those studio shows yeah i agree he's He's a good interview. He's a smart guy. Obviously, he knows the game inside out. But, uh, yeah, I think he's entertaining. So, you know, he probably is, you know, I think he's coaching high school and, you know, he's got a bunch of kids to take care of. But I think he would be great at that, you know. So so that's cool. All right, Gary. Well, hey, stick around for a second. We'll catch up. But this has been great learning about the Chargers. Obviously, I've only been to one Chargers game ever. But it's great to cover, get the West Coast into the mix here in the first few of these season ticket showcases we're doing. So, Thanks a ton for being on. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hope to have you back again when we do Clippers. We'll see if we can get you back. All right, good deal. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks again.